Hello, one and all. Welcome back to the A2K Wrestling Show. And we are here for segment three, which is 10. The 10 worst moments in professional wrestling to show a non-wrestling fan. Now, Anthony, we spoke about this last week. We decided it was going to make a wonderful segment. Um, Indeed. Now, this is a, it's a very difficult segment, Carl. Right. So mm-hmm. before I, because uh, I'm going to kick us off, but before I do, like, I want to make it clear, like, we could probably do a list of about 100, right, comfortably, right? Oh, yeah. You could make a list of 10 just from the Attitude Era alone. So this is one of those rare occasions where I, I'm going to be very clear now that this is 10, like, that I think we're trying to be reasonably balanced mm-hmm. and um, and give 10 examples, past and present, and I think it's the fairest way to do it because there's some stuff in recent memory that, that kind of encouraged this whole thing. Yeah. Definitely not because we're um, super reactive. Um, you know, or no, like we're that. not super reactive. Uh, but like for me, there's there's a couple that have made me go, oh, this is. And again, this is this is the this is what this is all about. This is like, if somebody walked in right now, and this is the bit they saw, they would be like, the fuck are you watching? And it, it it's those sort of examples. And because there's been at least a couple in recent memory for me, I'm like, I want to try and make sure it's it's reasonably balanced. So there are going to be some that you might look at and go. Well, no, some have been worse than that. Like, remember back when X, Y, and Z? And you go, well, yeah, I do. But, like, again, we could be here all day. I, I'm confident we could get to about 100. I really am. But um, this is the, the 10 most sort of prevalent to us, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, by all means, if you want to tell us your ones, the ones you found to be the most cringeworthy, then uh, join on in. We love it. Yeah, please do. And I think, you know, to caveat that, there was a lot of things which we had on here, which we have uh, chopped and changed. We've moved around, added, deleted. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of recent bias, <laughs> I would say. Um, mainly yeah, by I mean, me. Arguably, like, I'll the, be honest. The product, but... but look, I'm looking at the list right now, right? And as an example, I'll, I'll give you this as an example, right? There is no mention of the live sex celebration, right? And that would be on anybody's list, right? And arguably... Number 10 would um, be trumped by that live sex celebration. Mm-hmm. And my number 10 isn't as bad as that, but it is a recent one. That pisses me off. So it's on the fucking <laughs> list, right? Yeah. Uh, it's our list. And whether you like it or not, it's our list anyway. Yeah. So well, there, there are many examples that you're not going to see. We acknowledge the live sex celebration is absolutely cringeworthy. And it is one of those things that you'd be like, look, this is not what it looks like. I'm watching wrestling. Yes, <laughs> that is bad. And yes, they are having sex. Yeah, but and you that know, is Lisa's tits that just popped out. But still, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like it, it, it. It's not an exhaustive list, let's say. Mm-hmm. So, just instead of just uh, justifying myself before I even talk, Cal, number ten, right? And I'm going to cheat a little bit straight out the gate, right? And I'm going to say it's. Um, a couple of instances with Nia Jax. So the one I've noted down, and probably the, the cringiest one, it was the whole my hole incident, right? Which was, to be fair, a fairly throwaway moment in a match where um, I can't even remember who she was against now, but they, they basically landed her onto the, the ring apron um, uh, it was, uh, on her ass. It was Lana, remember? The the, the summer of Lana. Uh, the tables. Mm, this yeah. was the eventual table. And, um, yeah. And so we got this uh, instance where she landed on her ass and her reaction was to shout my hole as loud as she could, which is it's cringy. And you go, well, that, that's a very quick throwaway moment. But on, on uh, coupled with that, I just want to, because I want to sort of itemize it as the type of cringy stuff they decide to do with Nia Jax on a regular basis. Because any time Nia Jax is on my screen, I, I think I'm going to get something cringy like that. Because let's not forget the weeks and weeks and weeks we had of jokes about slipping. And she wasn't even the one who slipped at WrestleMania. But then we just kept going with this as a fucking joke. And it's not funny. <laughs> so um, really I, kind of, I kind of just want to couple those sort of like mm. when that sort of example where it's something sort of lowbrow and stupid that they're, they're not willing to admit is lowbrow and stupid. And it just keeps getting put on your screen and you're like, this is borderline embarrassing so it's it's mm-hmm. by no means the worst one but I, I think it deserves a mention um for those sorts of those sort of stunts you get usually from the same so they, they've decided nia Jax is their person for this kind of stuff so usually something from nia Jax, sadly yeah and i think you're right i think 
this got latched onto and became almost like a bit of a, you know, a media frenzy. You know, people who are re- even non wrestling fans kind of saw this and were like, Haha, look at this. Um, which, okay, yeah, it's got it's it's weird little segment of people who thought it was dead good. Um, but really, if you if you're sat there and someone just walks in and sits down and goes, oh, are you watching wrestling? It's like, yeah, yeah. And then literally she falls on her ass and goes, my home! And and I, I want to like... point out as well, like at a time when we're meant to be going, like I would usually, and this is conversations I do tend to have with people, it's like, oh, no, women's wrestling today, it's not like it was back in the Attitude Era, it's not all about getting your tits out. So, like, there's some fantastic women's wrestlers today. In fact, some of the best matches I've seen in recent years have been women's matches. And then while I'm saying that, you see her landed on her ass and go, my hole. You go, fuck, like, I, I can't, I can't yeah. justify this. People would be like, yeah, it's, sure. It's, it's come on. Yeah. Wow. Women's wrestling, eh? <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's, it is just cringe. No, I think it belongs on here. Um, I think you're right. You know, number 10, it's not by, you know, by all means, it is not <laughs> anywhere near one of the worst things. Um, but it makes the list because it's a recent example Um um, as we've already said, there's a million things you could put on this list, but this one was just, you know, super cringe for us watching it going, oh, no. And if anything, it felt like they were trying to force that viral reaction as well, which is something which... Yeah, in its own like they're trying to like, make well, a meme. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of stands out on its own, right? So, yeah, that was number 10. Number nine, I want to bring to you, Anthony. It's good old Dr. Hanny. So... I can't remember the exact year this took place. But I feel like it was in the 90s. Um, yeah, probably late 90s, um, early 2000s. But basically what we got was a seven-minute-long sketch from the inner working mind of Vince McMahon, who plays the wonderful Dr. Heine. Um Now, obviously, JR had been suffering from Bell's palsy uh, quite a bit. Um, and one of the side effects he had um, as well was, I believe it was a side effect, um, was that he started having some, you know, colon issues and, you know, kind of complications. Um, and so, yeah, basically he was going through some real life surgery at this point. Now he was on a massive morphine drip and like literally in a terrible position where he could have even died, you know, while this was airing. And this is... From the mind of Vince McMahon, who goes, oh, what, JR's getting surgery on his ass? That's hilarious. I'm going to put this on telly for some reason. Um, and the whole skit. As you do. So seven minutes, you know, seven minutes of this. The whole skit basically revolved around Vince McMahon playing Dr. Heine, performing that colonoscopy on JR. So we just saw this giant prosthetic ass. And he would just pull various items out of that ass. So... He'd pull out JR's barbecue sauce, you know, a fucking football because he's an Oklahoma Sooners fan. Um, you know, there was random sound effects that were happening the whole time as well as he'd listen in with the fucking stethoscope. Um, and then eventually, like, one of the main gags of it all was, you know, JR's head. Like, oh, JR, this whole time you had your head up your ass. And it was like, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, you know, the whole time there was like, you know, it's a slobber knocker. Uh, all these weird like little sound bites coming through from JR as all this stuff's happening. Um, and then ultimately it, it ends in um, Vince McMahon um, basically shagging the nurse, nurse slobber knockers on the table, probably on the, uh, you know, on top of JR, I would imagine. Um, and so, yeah, you know, ultimately, what the fuck? What the fuck was this piece of television? Um, the whole thing was just ludicrously embarrassing um and you know you've got to ask yourself like why it was the whole point to humiliate jr and if so why he was an active employee at this time and was going through a very serious life-threatening fucking operation at the time this was conducted um yeah baffling yeah insane (laughs) Uh, there are no words carl like like you say that again is primarily so deserving of this list because seven minutes of time that you're like where's the wrestling gone like yeah what's where's, happening where's the sanity gone <laughs> i think at this point like, literally, <laughs> this is the fucking brainchild of Vince McMahon. it has to be because in in his head he thinks this is fucking hilarious 
Meanwhile, we were watching it going, this is awful. Like, <laughs> and, and, and like, that's, that's even just like the general public, like, let alone anyone who's a bit of a smart and knows that JR has just undergone some very serious surgery at this point. Um, mm. Yeah, poor taste and poor execution. Indeed. It was terrible. Well, my next one, Carl. I feel this has probably gotten a lot worse with age. And I'm actually mm-hmm. curious whether you feel it was a product of its time because on some level I think it might have been. But at the same time, it was probably quite bad at the time as well. Uh, so my next one, and I, unfortunately I can't give you the exact Raw it was, but it happened on an episode of Raw. It was on the build-up to WrestleMania um, because they were actually building towards a, a story here. Um, and it was when Vince McMahon uh, made Trish Stratus bark like a dog and strip off in the ring. Um, now, this is by today's standards definitely like, what the fuck, right? But do you think there's an element of it that you go, like, you can understand how they were so misguided with this as a story? Because this is definitely like like cringe and it really wasn't a great thing for women's wrestlers. And Trish definitely went through her fair share of shit just to to become a legend in the in the women's... And this is what I say about, like, People like to talk about the four horsewomen, and obviously they they refer to their um, idols and they refer to like Salita and Trish and that. So I know they give them that respect, but it's like that was the slog you had to go through back then to try and make women's wrestling a thing. You know, they they had such a hard job. But the reason I'm saying, do you think it was a product of the time, is because I honestly think in Vince's mind, this whole effect was to be as embarrassing as possible for her, so that the revenge ultimately at WrestleMania when she got her comeuppance would be all the sweeter. And I think that was in his head, in his head at the time must have been the aim potentially, but it just, it was one of them when you go with it, this is a bit much, this is like quite humiliating, you know? Um, so it definitely deserves a place on the list. Cause it is one of them, like again, totally embarrassing moment for wrestling really. But um, I mean, what do you actually think of it? Like, because obviously by today's standards, it's definitely like ridiculous. You wouldn't catch anything like that now. Yeah, I mean, by you know today, it's absolutely fucking atrocious. You know, <laughs> like watching it back and just being like, "Wow," um, yeah. you know, like we got away with a lot back then. Knowing <laughs> what we know as well, that Trish would go on to be, you know, probably the greatest women's wrestler, you know, of all time. But at least you know today, um, it's insane to think that this was the kind of thing that she was involved in, but. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'd like to think, oh, yeah, maybe he thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, ultimately he would get his comeuppance. But I think it was just a game, just Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon. He was like, I've got a really attractive woman. I'm going to basically make her strip and I'm going to show my power and dominance by making her walk around and bark like a dog and literally be my bitch. And that was the... Just to be fair, like, yeah, because there's a lot of stuff he, he, he did in the Attitude Era that's like... There wasn't really an aim to that story-wise. Like the Kiss My Ass Club really didn't have an aim, other than him being a heel, other than him being a bad guy and being the worst boss ever. Like all the stuff, basically all the stuff he did with women, um, like the Ness Lobanocker thing that you mentioned just before, is like that's like you say it's it's probably humorous in his own head, but doesn't really have an end goal. The, the with this one, the only thing I will say is like it was leading towards her getting the the victory of Mania. And getting get him getting his comeuppance at Mania, mm-hmm. but the like it was probably a step too far. Oh God! No, it, it definitely <laughs> was a step too far. I don't know why I'm throwing a probably in there. It was a step too far. It was a fucking you know leap too far. I think it, you know even you know especially today, but even for his time, I remember watching it going fucking hell like this is this is bad. And you know to your point, yeah, was it done to like elicit that response and you know ultimately be towards the end game? Maybe. But, you know, known Vince, like we know Vince and the stuff he's done, especially with the, the women of the wrestling world, um, I don't know. I just think it was such poor taste and, yeah, really just belittled someone who would go on to become, obviously, the, you know, in my opinion, probably the, the, the greatest women's wrestler um, that we've had. So, yeah, crazy, yeah. Um, crazy, crazy stuff. And What's even crazy, I don't know why it's crazy because I don't think... I think it's incredibly professional of her. And I'm not saying she should have fallen out with the company, but like, you know, she's made guest appearances ever since. She seems to still have a really good relationship with both Vince and the WWE, and she has never taken any sort of issue with that. I mean, obviously, if you ask her about it now, she probably wasn't classing it as one of the highlights of her career. Mm-hmm. But she has never let it get in her way in terms of having a relationship with WWE, which is um, 
no. you know, it, you wouldn't have blamed her if she did in some senses. But yeah, well, I think obviously after all this, she went on to then obviously become that women's champion and become the the greatest women wrestler of all time. So I think yeah. you know, it's definitely paid a dues. Well, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, such poor taste and obviously something which if you were ever watching this on WWE Network today, you know, if it's even on there, who knows. Um, but if it was and someone came in, you'd be like, yeah, you, you would find it hard to explain why you were watching it, um, I guess. so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, it's, it's part of a story. It's part of a story. Yeah, it makes sense, maybe, possibly. I mean, it doesn't, but yeah. yeah. She goes <laughs> on to become champion, I swear to God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all in all, poor taste and poor segment, I would say. Now, I'm going to talk about another recent one, Anthony. Um, Ooh, go on. So... We talk about how women's wrestling has evolved. Obviously, we just use Trish Stratus then as an example to say what she, you know, was involved in and then ultimately what she ended up doing. And even that wasn't the peak of women's wrestling. Obviously, she was the trailblazer. Um, and we ultimately ended up having the women's evolution or revolution, sorry. Um, and obviously the evolution pay-per-view. Um, and women's wrestling became something that was taken serious again and something which, you know, everyone who was a fan of women's wrestling could finally rest at ease and say women's wrestling is prioritized yeah. back on the map and given the care and consideration. Like, and we've had like Becky Lynch showing that you can be a badass and we've had Sasha Banks really rising to the top. We've had Bailey mm. having an incredible, uh, certainly a face run. It might've even been a heel run at this point as well. Like so many great women's wrestlers showing exactly what women can do. Definitely. Like, what an yeah. evolution it was. 100% until the end of last year. Um, because <laughs> what happened was an event which pretty much set the whole progress of the women's wrestling uh, you know, revolution back many, many years. Um, so, <laughs> you know, they talk all the shit about women's power and women's revolution. And, like, you know, Stephanie McMahon is the, the fucking at the helm of it for some reason, even though she probably isn't. Um, but they did all this good stuff uh, to put women's wrestling back on the map and give it the... You know what was it? Give divas a chance, or give you know women a chance. Whatever mm. the the hashtag was, they got they, they got trending. They went with all that, and then yeah, end of twenty twenty, right back to where it was. So we had on SmackDown a karaoke competition. Um, I remember. Of course Anthony, we did. I remember. This was shocking. I remember going through this on the show, and yeah. just being visibly just in a fucking fume, thinking, "What was this shit?" Like, like it wouldn't bother me, but. At the same time, you know, the talent you've got in there, you've got fucking Lacey Evans, you've got Naomi, you've got people in there who deserve an actual fucking opportunity at, like, the belt. Not even just, like, TV time, but, like, actual yeah. deserving of championship People who have still not had a fucking opportunity. Yeah, and, you know, after weeks and weeks of not seeing them, they bring them out for a karaoke competition, which didn't really have any fucking point, really. And, you no. know... At this point, they may as well have fucking brought them out, had them do it in a fucking bra and panties, and then have the runners up wrestling fucking mud because that's how yeah. they were literally. There was no, up. there was no point to it, and there were no winners. No, no one won that day. Nobody won. The fans didn't fucking win. The fucking people in the <laughs> ring didn't win. Like, yeah, it was awful. Um, like, can you like even remember? Was there a point to it? Like, were they doing this karaoke to? Get something or be something like. Or was I don't know. Like, like I, I remember the the they had to have a theme. They had to sing wrestling theme music, didn't they? So they couldn't just sing anything they wanted. Mm. Uh, because didn't like. I'm trying to remember. Like wasn't wasn't a couple of them like really cringe as well. Like um, uh, was it Tamina or someone who picked like sort of relating to her family as like so oh, yeah you know from the heart and all this kind of stuff. And you're like oh, for God's sake. But I can't, I can't remember the songs because it was such a horrible memory. Yeah. And I think, most you know, you can use the whole fucking pandemic and, and, you know, lack of audience as like an excuse if you want. But really, <laughs> I think it's, it, even that's a load of bollocks because you had like six women in the ring. Have a match then. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't it was, need to it, be a fucking karaoke contest. It was baffling. You know, the fact that you've got like Lacey Evans and you've got Naomi, especially. Um, who were part of that segment, and it's like these are two bona fide fucking championship contenders, and you've got them coming out here and doing stupid karaoke for a segment that literally took us right back to 
women's wrestling's not important. Um, and that's the way it felt, I think. And it was such a shame because you've had that massive peak in the four horse women and this big like evolution. And then I think we can all agree, and I think we spoke about it before, that's not the case anymore, even with like today's product. Like it hasn't got better. It's just that was probably the lowest point of you know the the descent back to almost where we were, unfortunately. So yeah, yeah, it was it was baffling to me at the time. It's not got any better. Every time I think about it, I just think what a fucking shit show. So for me, Agreed. deserves to be on this list because it was atrocious. No, couldn't agree more. So Carl, number six, I'm going to give you potentially polarizing if not for you certainly for for people listening um <laughs> but i'm going to be i'm going to be clear about um some specifics to it but in brief i would say uh, the introduction and use of lily so obviously alexa bliss has had this character that she's borrowed from the fiend um sacked the fiend off for whatever reason i mean he's, he's still not back on tv so i'm not quite sure what's going on there but um has become a character in her own right and introduced her childhood doll, which apparently has always been there, um, known as Lily, which again in itself is kind of cringy enough. But let's be honest, you know, the Firefly Fun House is hard to explain, but not necessarily bad. You know what I mean? Mm. And he's always had the puppets, and he he was a parody in that whole Mister Rogers character, I guess, in some respects. But um, so it, the actual use of the doll and the puppet isn't really the issue, but. One specific, the main specific example, and the reason I think it makes this list is that whole finish to Raw. I want to say two, three weeks ago, maybe with um, Shayna Baszler being haunted by the doll, if you will, and being uh, trying to act petrified. And I don't know whether it makes it worse that we know that she's like come from this UFC background and has been like this legit fighter. Like, can you imagine trying to explain this to someone who was a big fan of UFC? Like, in general, never mind like anyone, uh, someone who knew Shayna Baszler. I was like, "What the fuck is she doing now?" Like, it's it was just such an such a strange like. Why are we like? I I actually, from a story point of view, I don't know why we were given the doll more focus than we were given Alexa. I'm not sure what the end goal was there anyway, but um, I personally find the doll and the whole use of the doll very cringy and yeah, it's just embarrassing. Yeah, I will agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, pretty much everything you've said. I think the fact that she is so fucking prominent and, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's whatever Lily says. And, you know, I, like, honestly, it scares me, but I think we are literally weeks away from having her in a fucking match at this point. Like, she's just going to be sat there on the table and we're going to have fucking Lily and Alexa win the fucking tag titles or something. Like, it would not surprise me. Honestly, that, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, for me, the lowest of lows, which, you know, as you said, was when Shayna went in there and was like, got in Lily's face and was like, you're just a stupid doll. And it's like, whoa, fucking hell. <laughs> like, yeah. this is, like, if someone would have been sat there, like, you know, whether it's like, you know, the misses or like, you know, someone <laughs> it's classic, friend. classic one again, isn't it? Yeah. No, honestly, women's wrestling today is really, yeah. really something different. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I think. Obviously, we, we are both wrestling fans, and I think we would like to bring our kids up to be wrestling fans as well. And I think if we were watching this kind of shit and our kids were there watching it with us, they'd just be like, this isn't cool. <laughs> like, what is this? And we'd be like, no, no, it is. It, it's good. It is Honestly, like, it is good. Just, let me show you a match with Thunder yeah. Rosa, right? Cause... <laughs> let, let me just fast forward this bit, and then, like, you know, you get the rest of Raw, and you're just like, let me just... Okay, yeah, Raw's not good, um, but, you know... <laughs> Um, so yeah, this was a, this was a, a new low for me, I think in, you know, in fucking inanimate objects, you know, this is worse than moppy. Well, again, like in a sense though, this is, this is the the point I'm making. It's like, it's not necessarily the, the introduction or use of the doll. It's what they're doing with it and how prominent they're making it. Because in all honesty, moppy wasn't even that bad or Al Snow had head. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know if that's what the name was. It felt weird saying that, but yeah, the mannequin head thing. As long as long as, as, long as you said had and not got. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, Mick Foley somehow sold Socko. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it. they've always had stuff like this. It's it's not necessarily the worst thing or even cringeworthy 
every time. As I say, even the, the, the Firefly Funhouse stuff, you could see what it was parodying, and it was comedic with an undertone of sinister that made you uncomfortable, which worked. I don't, I'm not getting that with the whole Lily thing, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think they've tried to, you know, obviously shoehorn the Fiend character into Alexa, and then they've opened up this thing about like how Alexa has always been evil, and like Lily has always been there throughout Alexa's whole life, and so it wasn't the Fiend this time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and you know, negate negates the whole fucking last year almost. But yeah, I don't know. I think you get to a point where you know you've got a magic doll with evil powers, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is a bit silly, isn't it? Honestly, Alexa plays her character well, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to discredit Alexa when I say that, mm-hmm. but the, there was always something about the Fiend's fun, like the fun bit, like with all the puppets and stuff, that really put you on edge. Or I don't know how you felt about it, but you know when it's like it, everything had just suddenly turned really sinister? Yeah. Like, and it, his, his whole mannerism, his whole tone had changed, and you'd be like, oh, do you know what I mean? Like, and I could, I could see how they built the atmosphere right in that. And I don't know. It's, this is just Alexa with a doll. Like it, it, it's not got the same tone or feel. And yeah, and we're actually like at no point. Don't be wrong. We've seen them around backstage and stuff, but at no point have we seen anyone arguing with any of Bray's puppets. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe they went a step too far with the Shayna Baszler stuff. Definitely. Mm-hmm. There was a um, a weird thing with a uh, with Riddle, wasn't there? <laughs> at one point. Um... The carrot, or something. He offered them the carrot, yeah, but yeah. at least he weren't like actually um, arguing with them. No, that's a yeah, it's a whole <laughs> different, whole different ball game, I think, at the minute with Lily. So yeah, deserves to be on here. It's it's horrible to watch. It's um, yeah, you feel embarrassed. So belongs, it belongs, indeed. So number five, um, fucking Ireland. This. I'm surprised this is as like low as it is on this list to be honest, because it it really it really, yeah. It every time I think about it, it 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 does something to me. To be fair, <laughs> get so angry. Um, this does make your blood boil. This was a new low for me. Like I've lived through <laughs> pro wrestling since 1992. I've seen the gobbledy fucking Guka. I've seen every fucking gimmick you can ever imagine. The worst thing ever to come out of pro wrestling, you know, even though it's not top of this list, but still the worst thing for me ever to come out of pro wrestling, um, since 1992 was fucking Braun Strowman's sound effect. So obviously Braun Strowman <laughs> likes trains or he is a train or something. We don't really know what his obsession is. No, I think he's meant to be a train cause he, he runs around the ring. Oh, like, okay. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. What was it? Um, ah, uh, I wish I could remember it. I think Jim Cornette said something. Um, was so fucking, it was so absolutely career ending for Braun Strowman. Something. Um, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Listen to Jim. Jim. Jim knows what he's talking about. But um, it was something about fucking. <laughs> um, yeah, basically how shit uh, Braun Strowman was. But a comparison to trains. It was good. Listen to Jim. Um, but yeah. So basically, there was a point. Um, in, the, in the last few months where, yeah, so we know Braun Strowman uh, likes to do his little uh, run around the ring and shoulder tackle people. And it's it's like he's a big he freight does. train. Okay, yeah, we get it. We get the analogy. He then started adding this little weird, like, woohoo, cowboy swing into it. Like, okay, cool. Then what happened on a random episode of Raw, um, it it ruined me, Anthony. Um, I don't think I've ever recovered from it. Um <laughs> So as Braun went to the outside and was about to do his patented run around the ring and shoulder barge, we heard a disgusting noise of like a train kind of go, and I was like, <laughs> like part, part of me thought, have I just heard this in my own head? Or was this actually on the television show? And I was like, Has the show finally broken me? I'm yeah, I was things. like, okay. Um, so it happened, but I was just like, nah, that can't be real. And then the next week it happened again, and I was like, oh my fucking God, they're trying to make this a thing. And it was literally to play a sound effect. Whenever Braun Strowman would go to the outside and do his little shoulder tackle, they would play a choo-choo noise. Um, like, that for me, and I, like, that is the lowest I think 
I've ever felt as a wrestling fan. Like, if someone was to come and see that, and I know it's number five on the list, and there is things that are, that are worse than it, but it's so raw. I think, me, um, no pun intended. I think but... that is probably the worst one. But I think we need to acknowledge WWE's recent spate of views and shit like this mm-hmm. with uh, animations and sound effects, and it just hasn't worked. And I'm hoping they're stopping it now because Braun's gone, and I haven't seen them do it with Riddle in a while. Could be wrong there. But the whole kicking the flip-flops off and the birdies appearing is kind of weird as well. Like, they're all very cringe and very strange. But um, that's definitely the worst one, adding a juju sound effect. It, like, literally, like, who who was it for? Like, that's what I don't get. Like, you know, do is meant to be a PG product, is it? Maybe. Like, kids don't Sometimes. grow. Like, they, they just don't. You look, Like, if you look at the demo data, it's just old people. So why kids are they putting in... Bro. They don't like so. Why are we putting fucking choo choo noises in? Like, who is that meant to entertain? Who's gonna go? I just like what would you think? It's batshit. It's fucking batshit. Just rinse the home. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I can't. I can't find any kind of sense of rationale. No, I think um, it makes no sense. I think when they're trying to put him that like. Because at the same time as him being a Strowman Express, they're trying to, he's the monster among men and people are really intimidated by him. And it cuts through that intimidation, doesn't it? Mm. I always thought that whole move where like, I don't understand. And it, it, this is a totally different gripe, but I hate, I hate, and we've probably discussed this before, I hate really massively signposted things. So when you get the sound effect and he's going like that, and you're like, well, he's going to run around the ring. Maybe I get back in the ring. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, I just I, I, that, that should not work on anybody ever. Yeah. Like, it just pisses me off that it's even a move. And all it is is literally just shoulder tackling people. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming the big sound effect happens in the arena too, right? It's not just for us. I hope so. Us at home, the audience. So if that wasn't going to, you know, make you get in the ring, then surely the big... <laughs> Would make you go, okay, I need to uh, get in the ring now. Um, love, for some reason, your sound effect just, I uh, keep envisaging Braun doing it. Like, why is he not with the company anymore? It's weird. Um, but no, honestly, this is, this was terrible. This was like, a, I can't even say it was like a step back. It was a whole new low, I think, for me. And um, I'm so fucking glad. You tried something, it sucked. Don't Let do it, it again, ever again. Like, been <laughs> off the animations, <laughs> been off the sound effects, just fucking stop it. Um, so, yeah, that was number five. <laughs> I feel like at some point, Vincent from Wandering Round backstage, he's like, who's this guy? What's he here for? And he's had to justify his existence. And he's like, oh, I do the, uh, the, um, I do the sound effects. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I guess yeah, you can yeah. stay then. <laughs> yeah, good shit. Uh, yeah, can we do a, a, a train noise for Braun? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like, so, yeah. We said he needed training, dumbass. <laughs> so. Anyway, my next one, Carl, uh, takes a slightly different turn because this is like, what were you thinking, right? <laughs> so, this is like a small, quite a reasonably small part of an entire storyline that was kind of fucked, really. So, we had essentially a storyline a little while back and I, th- I want to say this was was this potentially after the whole edge thing maybe but anyway it involved I think, I think it was i think it was before edge possibly was it before edge i, I couldn't so. decide if it was after edge because they did split up at some point during that because he ended up with vicky guerrero and if at one point mm. edge he's proper maybe, player yeah maybe it was after <laughs> so yeah. anyway I, I don't suppose it matters too much but um we had Lita involved in a storyline where, you know, Kane was like, I find you attractive. And she's like, no, Kane. And he's like, yes. And she's like, no, Kane. He's like, yes. And eventually she's like, okay. Because uh, that's how life worked back then, apparently. So mm-hmm. Kane, like, sort of forcibly enters into a relationship with her. <laughs> and, um, like, I'd say that because she was very resistant at one point and I suddenly was in love with him, which is weird. I just anyway. Didn't know, I, d- I just didn't know where that was going. So Kane forcibly enters. <laughs> <laughs> PG. Into a relationship, Carl. Yes. Um, and then, for whatever reason, you know, they decide to do this whole storyline where he gets her pregnant, or we think it's him anyway, and then they're in love for some reason, and then Gene Snitsky rocks up and, like, he knocks her over and causes a miscarriage, 
And it's like, okay, this is a difficult topic done in a weird way. So let's let's maybe get through this as quick as we can and maybe not remember the storyline too well. But no, let's. Um, Gene Snitsky was relatively new at that point. Let's make this his entire thing. This is his whole story. This is his whole reason for being. So they end up making his theme music around it. And everything's with theme music starts with it wasn't my fault because it wasn't his fault. He didn't mean to knock her over, you know. And um, what better way of conveying that it wasn't his fault, right, than uh, to come out to the ring with a with a fake ba- a doll basically a fake baby in a pram um and then at, at some point during this little skit where he comes out with the baby to i don't know prove it wasn't his fault i'm not quite sure what his end goal was uh to punt said doll into the audience and that's uh that's gene snitsky and uh, this was all done with the aim of gene snitsky being the bad guy to a feud with kane who like I'm not even sure they conveyed it as like a consensual relationship he had with Lita. Oh, it wasn't. No. Yeah. So, like that was weird too. The whole thing was kind of fucking weird. Let's be honest. <laughs> but the I think the icing on the cake was the the Gene Snitsky thing with the baby with the doll. That was kind of weird. And uh, deserves to be on the list. It's just classic. Uh, this isn't even. I can't even blame the attitude era for this. This was firmly ruthless aggression. Might have even oh, yeah. been reality era. I don't know. It was early two thousands, wasn't it? But uh, this this was this was not attitude era. This is when we were coming out of that stuff. So uh, we can't even blame the attitude era for this one. I think the fact was as well. It wasn't even like overtly obvious at the time that it was a fake baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so obviously there was that moment of he, he's literally just kicked a baby. Um, you know, <laughs> South Park aside. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's not head, good. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think um, <laughs> you couldn't watch this today. Uh, you know, I mean, you could barely watch it back then. But if you were, again, watching an old episode of Raw today and you were like, oh, yeah, you know, Kane was really cool and so was Lita. And, uh, oh, yeah, there was this nitty guy. Oh, all right, who's he? But uh, did he just kick a baby? Mm. I... And annoyingly, right, slight sidebar, I'll be but... Snitsky had like one of the best theme musics of that era, as far as I'm concerned. That's that was way like you ever like, and this might be another segment coming up in the future where like wrestlers who had theme musics way better than they deserved because mm. that was a that was a badass tune. That it was almost like that Zach Wild style sort of guitar riff, and I, I still remember it to this day. Not that I'm not gonna, I am not gonna sing it on the podcast i'm sorry right not to do a lyrics to it so i'd have to just sort of mouth the guitar tunes which would be weird but um it was it was a badass theme music and um yeah it it sadly it landed on i'm not even blaming jeans nicely for this but like it's hard to you know continue your career with wwe when that was the storyline that brought you into prominence Mm. and that was pretty much what happened that came and went and he fizzled out and that was him yeah, I mean, Which where do where do you go after kick, you know punk kicking a baby into the audience? Like, you kind of peaked before you even got yeah. going. Unfortunately, that's um, a, that's pretty much as villain as you can go. So exactly, you're not going to really top that. Um, which I think is yeah, uh, it's hard to do a face turn from there either. <laughs> well, exactly. Unless like, oh, he no, himself was the one who caught the baby as well. <laughs> Actually, that would you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we need to rebook some of these like old school things. Like, like I would it love. Wasn't to... my fault. I would love to see like an old school Mr. Perfect style vignette where instead of throwing the basketball, uh, <laughs> throwing the football and going to catch it, he literally punts a baby in the air and he literally is there in the audience to catch it. That would be amazing. Um, so yeah, we can clear his name still, but yeah, for the time, yeah, it was horrendous. Um, something which I think as well, he got you know a significant amount of complaints um, to the network. Um, which wasn't yeah, helpful again, like you say, some, some people, as much as you can look at it and go, well, that was fucking obvious. Like some people did not realize initially that that was a fake baby. Yeah. So I think that's probably what caused a lot of the onslaught of complaints. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, baffling creative in a baffling time. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, w- I would not want to show that to anybody um, ever again. So, and then um, obviously the storyline as well, overall did point out to you that, you know, if Kane wants to be in a relationship with you, there's not a lot you can do about that. Pretty much, you are getting tombstoned. You can kick and scream all you want, but it's gonna happen. He's gay. <laughs> he is. That's uh, yeah, such bad fucking. Ah, it's just so horrible. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that, um, that's my offering for number four card. I'd like, I'd like to say, let's move on to something more positive. But um, 
Oh, Anthony, it's another recent example. And maybe people will be going, oh, fucking hell, you know, this doesn't need to be on there because there's so many I, I'm things. annoyed that people try and defend this, though. I want to bitch about this with you because no I'm way. so annoyed that people try and fucking defend this thing. There's no fucking way to defend this, right? Now, look, I will caveat this whole segment, right, or at least this entry, with the fact that, yes, WWE often brushes with the paranormal. We have The Undertaker, Kane, The Fiend. We get it, okay? Yeah, there's an element of paranormal about wrestling, right? But the fucking zombies, really? That's, you know, that's something else, right? To put zombies in a match as Lumberjacks, which didn't even feature any supernatural wrestlers. It was the fucking Miz and Damian Priest, right? That's the argument I constantly make. People love to try and defend this fucking match and go, well, you've had, like, The Undertaker and all this, and, like, they even had the ECW zombie. It's like, yeah, but the ECW zombie's whole shtick was being a zombie. Mm-hmm. That had fuck all to do with Damian Priest or The Miz. Like, literally... Fucking Morrison opened the door and there was just a load of zombies in there for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And he was like, oh Listen, shit. It was so connected disconnected from bit. so disconnected from them. And then again, I've heard it defended so much because, well, you know, it was to promote that Army of the Dead film. It's like, cool. Then, Which, you know, make it right. relevant to the whole fucking thing. That was, that, 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 there's nothing worse than something going, oh, we're promoting this film, so put up with it. Yeah, like... If anything, if anything, that makes it worse than anything else because this was the biggest example of just fucking corporate sellout that we've ever yeah. seen from WWE. It was literally... Put well, some fucking posters up. <laughs> yeah. Just what the like fuck show, is this? Show a trailer. Like, you know, in, in like one of your fucking 10 million adverts for WWE Network or fucking WWE Shop. Just stick a trailer up for the movie. Job this done. is what I don't get. I don't get why it needed to be promoted like this. I mean, they've constantly got Snickers sponsoring them, but you don't see all the fucking wrestlers stopping mid-fucking match to have a fucking Snickers. <laughs> oh, don't even give them fucking ideas. <laughs> That's going to happen. Right, this is, right, if this happens now, right, we already know we're being fucking listened to and watched, right? Right. thing is, Carl, this advert has been there the whole time and they've never done it right. We've got a dual personality character in The Fiend, right? And at no point have they give the fiend a Snickers and Adam turn back into Bray Wyatt. Not yet. And that to me is a missed opportunity straight Just away. Just wait until you know he comes back, Anthony. It's like, that's why, not yourself that's why when you're hungry. So <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit! Don't like yeah. What like, what have you done? What have you done? Um, but no, I can't. Like honestly, I can't defend this in any way, shape, or form. Like yeah, you can do an advertisement for someone else. You know, to your point, Snickers, whatever. Do, you know, Old Spice, random shit happening in the back. That's cool. To insert zombies legitimately into a match with no supernatural people and to just expect people to just go with it and be like, oh, yeah, the zombies are the lumberjacks, right? That's not even the worst bit. Right? After the match, the zombies ate the Miz, Anthony. They fucking ate the Miz. Where did he go from there? Like, they ate him. Apparently, (laughs) apparently he's just back the next day. He's fine. Well, yeah. Like, obviously, you know. It just so happened he suffered an actual injury in the match, and so he was off TV for a couple of weeks. But you know, he came back, and then he was just in a wheelchair, yeah. and it was just like, yeah, so it's not a zombie, you know. Even though he was eating, he's fine. I think the what? best thing to come out of it was John Morrison making a slight joke about him potentially being a zombie, and I think it, you, didn't you get a chuckle out of you because <laughs> yeah. he was wearing garlic? garlic. So yeah, it's exactly. Just totally fucking dense about what you need to do with zombies anyway. So yeah. it did have some funny, but not the actual match, just. Those elements oh, that John the thing Morrison is saw. as well. The thing is, and we'll get onto this when I talk about number one. But you know, there's often times where there's follow-ups or something which is actually quite humorous. But the actual yeah. incident itself is uh, is you know unexcusable. And I think this is um, um, I. One of them. The only thing I'll say with this is I'm quietly hopeful. If this is how WWE reacts to films and this is how they promote films. I am low-key excited for what other films are going to be involved with WWE. I, I kind of want them to try and include Sonic in this shit. You know, I want I want, I want want the most ridiculous films we can possibly think to try and include into wrestling now. No. Like, yeah. Why no. not? What are you doing? Stop it. I mean, I joke, of course. I think um, AEW have already done a Sonic-themed whatever. They're reaching for the brass ring. Hey. Uh, that, yeah, that's... It comes people. around. <laughs> That's so bad. A literal fucking brass ring. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Like I can't honestly can't overlook this. I just think it was it's such a low point. Um. Indeed. And to just like just to like yeah like I get it. There's no real life fans, but 
Like, how can you make your audience sit through this shit? Like, just out of nowhere, yeah, so the zombies there now. And then literally they cl- climb the ring and they eat the Miz. And then they just move on to the next segment. And it's like, fucking hell. Like, that, yeah. that is embarrassing. That but is honestly it, embarrassing. It, like, and I shouldn't be annoyed by these things because they aren't the elements that you need to be concerned with. It was like, okay, so the eight the a wrestler, like kayfabe, story-wise. Who made them leave? Well, yeah. Who ushered them out of the ring? <laughs> He was super cordial for the rest of the show, but that like, one match. They don't, they don't fuck with security, apparently. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah. Or do they all end up in a hot tub with Damien? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he likes to uh, bust <laughs> open the hot tub after a win, doesn't he? So, yeah, yeah he um, does. Certainly does. So yeah, that was that was number three. Shocking. Well, Shocking. sadly, I'm uh, I'm not leaving Kane alone, so I'm going to hit you with number two, Carl. So. Uh, I'm going to say Ruthless Aggression Era again, maybe. Attitude? Was it Attitude Era? Uh, have... oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. You were just saying no because of the storyline. Yeah, okay. sorry. Um, so, yeah. there was a point in Kane's history when he he was uh, being hassled by... Was it both Sean and Triple H or just Triple H at this point? I can't remember. I but he was being hassled by, by those guys anyway. Triple H added in for him and um, was really insistent that he, he remove his mask. And then we find out Kane had some issues. So Kane lost his mask, and we found out he actually wasn't horribly disfigured like the wrestling world would tell you. It turned out he was just a bit mental. Uh, and then, you know, we find out Triple H has, has learned a dark secret of um, of Kane's. What could it be? And this whole mystery was built over time. What what could this thing that Kane's been hiding be? And then, basically, in brief, it turns out that Kane. Um, had a high school sweetheart whom he accidentally killed uh, and continued to have sexual relations with her because, mm-hmm. you know, Kane and all, you know, he's a, he's a monster. So he, that, uh, no, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, well. Um, and then obviously, you know, you go, well, that's, that's a horrific storyline, but okay. Now we'll not stop there. We'll have um, Triple H do a skit because he loves to do skits, doesn't he? From the D-Generation X days, he loves to have a good skit where um, he mimicked, uh, having sex with uh, the, and I'll call it the, the Katie Vick storyline as it's infamously known now, being the name of um, Kane's high school sweetheart. And uh, yeah, he proceeded to to simulate sex with the, the corpse. I think it was in the coffin or on top of the coffin mm-hmm. as well in this skit. And it's just, this is a, this is probably the first example I go to when I think of doing this top 10 of, I sure hope somebody doesn't walk in while I'm watching this fucking stuff. <laughs> There's just no way to. This is wrestling. Nah, it's it was just so fucking weird and and yeah, just what were they thinking? How did you even write this? Like, it is baffling to think that this was even a thing. And obviously, the punchline of I just screwed her brains out, and he's while he's there with her brains in his head, like really like yeah, fucking hell. This is this was a whole <laughs> this was a whole new level of fucking shockingness, and I think. It's well documented now. Everybody knows about this as an angle and then, you know, what transpired. But, like, when is it ever okay to bring necrophilia into the fucking, you know, into the pro wrestling world? And not even when is it okay. How did that writer bring that to the table? I have no idea. And people take him seriously? Like, how how did they not go to him? Like, get the fuck out of here. It's this. Like, I don't even know how you get that through creative. I really don't. But, like, um, as well, you know, super, you know, kayfabe aside, Kane was hideously disfigured and burnt when he was a baby. So, how did he have a high school sweetheart? Because he was, you know, all twisted and tormented all the way okay. through his high school. Yeah. It's not canon. It's not canon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's my biggest gripe. That's worse than actually what it was. <laughs> it's the fact that it didn't stay true to the character. They don't know Kane's storyline at all. <laughs> um, well, no, you make a really good point, and mm. uh, I do. I do want to give a note too because I think you mentioned it before. With like they can when they come back, when we talk about the zombie one, and they can like something can come back from it. That is quite funny, but the actual initial storyline was cringe. I always remember when um, Kane was doing couples counselling with uh, Daniel Bryan mm. when they were Team Hell No, and um, the, they were in like a group session and they asked Kane to talk about his life. And he mortifies everyone in the room. 
And um, in and amongst that story, he mentions his high school sweetheart, Katie Vick. And I was like, I'm so glad that they poked fun at that because that that would be like the worst thing to learn in therapy ever. But um, yeah, so uh, they have since poked fun at it, and that was funny and effective. But uh, the this Katie Vick story, yeah, just one of the definitely deserves to be at least number two. I do think your number one has pipped it. I'll be honest, but uh, this is definitely for me one of the most. This is yeah, either have to be one or two for me. Yeah, uh, it, it's just the the one of the cringiest. But uh, I do yeah. think yours may slightly may slightly tip it. So shockingly, number one, and you know there was some you know honourable mentions, and I think as Anthony said at the start of the segment, you know if we've missed something or you disagree, do let us know. But um, you know there was stuff on there like um, you know the the Bailey at your life segment, the the Val Venus choppy your PP segment, you know. Oh, yeah, before we do number one, let's do a quick super speedy speed round then, shall we? <laughs> okay, what else what else okay. you got? I had then. Any match that involves dog food. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um not quite in the same realms, but Shawn Michaels massively overselling the entire match you had with Hulk Hogan. Because <laughs> that is kind of hard to explain. Like so we're meant to believe this is real. Like, no, not this one, not this match. That's kind of weird. I'm I'm hoping you've got some classics from back in the day. Like, like we I mean, always remember the infamous um, Piper's Pit stuff, but uh, I don't know whether any of them are actually classes. Cringe, I don't suppose. But I mean, there was stuff with like Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango, uh, where you know Ultimate Warriors, you know, violently sick, which is just very clearly pea soup. Um, you know, oh yeah. There's, there's, there's let's let's of- not forget. <laughs> um, Jillian Hall's face deformity <laughs> or wart being eaten by um, the boogie, the boogie man. man. Even even just the boogie man character probably is. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> okay, it probably doesn't fall in the realms of cringe, but it's something that's coming to my mind is Vince McMahon pretending to be dead. But that obviously mm-hmm. that never really got to continue as a storyline. But that was kind of an odd thing to do because ultimately we're going to have it that he went. Oh, what else have we? Oh, there must be the, the Kiss My Ass Club has got to be in there in some capacity as well, which I mean, we did I mention. I suppose before. even like you know, custody of, of Dominic is probably going to be up there. Dominic was definitely a, a fucking cringeworthy thing to do. Um, I, you know what? I've got to put it in there as another. This would be my last quick speedy speed round one. Um, gouging people's eyes out with steps. Get fucking, fucking sick hell. of that. I mean, there's been a Twice lot of stuff. Did it. There's been a lot of stuff <laughs> recently. Um, which, yeah, I think we could probably make a top 10 of stuff just in the last two years, to be honest. Um, yeah. Like, actually baffling how, how bad it's been in the last few years. Um, but, yeah. Um, none, Anthony, of which could top our number one. So, way back when, the wonderful May Young began a romantic relationship with the world's strongest man himself, Mark Henry. At the time, he was known as Sexual Chocolate because, yeah. I mean, he's still known as it to the right people. <laughs> he is to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they began a, you know, a love affair, um, you know, the 70-odd, 80-odd year old Mae Young and uh, Mark Henry, um, which ultimately resulted in Mae Young, be, you know, getting pregnant. Um, as you uh, do. That's what happens. Somehow. That's what happens. Um, and... Yeah, so despite being put through many a table by uh, the Dudley Boys and other hijinks along the way, we eventually get to the very, you know, the the beautiful moment of May Young and Mark Henry's. Uh, Mark finally getting to set his eyes on his on his newborn well, that's baby. It. That's it. So you know, it's backstage. I think in the locker room, some reason, not in a hospital, but. Uh, you know, uh, she's there with her legs up and there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of pushing, a lot of, you know, stuff going on. And then we finally get to see the new arrival, which is, of course, a hand. Yep, nope, you didn't mishear us. If you've never seen it, it was a hand. It was a hand. Yeah. Uh, May Young gave birth to a hand. That and happened. to this day, still don't really understand um like i think the ultimate punchline was meant to be like it was like an old sex toy that was kept up there from years ago but mm. yeah but 
you know, still, like what? Um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, I, I cannot imagine watching. I think this. we were all really curious where it was going to go. In all fairness, I mean, you know, we speak about like Eric Rowan with his little, you know, what's in the cage, and it's being like a little, you know, a robotic spider. Nothing completely pales in comparison to this. This was the whole, you know, build up. She's pregnant, all that stuff going on, eventual birth, and then they just give birth to her hands, and it's obviously covered in all of the gunk anyone could possibly imagine to make it seem as much of a comedy fucking thing as anyone could could possibly want. And yeah, baffling to this day. I honestly don't understand the creative. I don't know where it came from. It is just fucking ridiculous in the worst way. Um, yeah. There's no, like, there's literally, the reason this is number one on the list, there is no circumstance where you could put this on with somebody who isn't a wrestling fan. You know, even with people who are wrestling fans, but it's not back in the day, you could not put this on and sit through it and justify it in any way. There's no way you could explain it in any way. No. You, there's no way you could explain the storyline and have it make sense as to how it ended up here. No. It's like, even even with the Katie Vick stuff, which was fucking horrendous, you can at least say, well, oh, you know, Triple H and Kane had this, like, right. Like, th- there's nothing you could do with this. Like, oh, yeah, she had sex with this guy and then she gave birth to a hand. Why? I don't know. It's just right. what happened. Like, yeah, this this is the lowest point in all of pro wrestling. And, you know, the Attitude Era gets a lot of shit. It also gets a lot of, you know, kind of uh, praise as well for the stuff that happened during that era. But, yeah, this was something which is just, yeah, the lowest point in all of wrestling, really. It was just something which... Took weeks and weeks of story, you know, storytelling um, for this as the the end point, basically, and it was just never spoken of again. She gave birth to a hand. That was it. She was off TV. Not I would say Mark never Henry. spoken of again, Carl. <laughs> well, yeah, she was. She wasn't spoken about again in the immediate future. And then, similarly to some of the other, you know, entries we spoke about on this list, it did go on to reference itself later down the line. So similar to Kane bringing up obviously Katie Vick again in the future. We got to see in a random episode of Raw. Was it like a, I think it was like a twenty fifth anniversary or like a legend. I think show. it was yeah when they were was it when they were doing that um that throwback Raw where they had all the old logos and everything out again. Yeah, was it that it particular be. one? It might have yeah. been. Um, yeah, obviously May Young's child made an appearance, which is obviously a guy just in a giant hand costume, and it was so fucking ridiculous. But at the same time, you had to laugh because it did it that it did get a laugh out of me. I must admit. Yeah, it was just like, you know, fair play to them. They fucking referenced it. They could have just pretended it never happened again. But yeah, you know, they did bring it back up and they did try and turn it into a positive and that bit was funny. But there's no way to justify anything that happened with the whole May Young, you know, birth and the hand and none of it made yeah. sense. And all in all, it was fucking terrible. Um, and that was our worst ever thing that you could ever show to a non-wrestling fan. Yeah, try and beat that, guys. Don't think anyone <laughs> yeah. can beat that. Um, <laughs> but no, like you know, as we said, tell us. Is there something we've missed? Do you think you know something, you know, like the the Bailey, this is your life segment thing? Like, should that be on here instead of something else? You know, is the would you put it honestly, in a different order? More and more keep cropping up. I'm I'm really curious what people rate as like their worst, cringiest one because yeah. more and more keep cropping up in my head. Like, and even ones that like again probably when didn't seem as bad at the time, but like, do you remember when um, X-Pac done uh, Blackface? Because he was doing an impression of Mark Henry. I mean, all of them did. Like the whole, um, the X and Nation um, segments, they were all Blackface, really. Alright, um, I, I don't know why X-Pac gets so prominently noticed. I always remember yeah. X-Pac, because he's yeah. wearing the big, the, the big uh, suit as well, wanting to make himself look big. Yeah, well, well, I mean, obviously, obviously, obviously Triple H was being the rock, so he had like his, yeah. uh, his stuff on. You had um, Road Dog being D'Lo Brown. Um, yeah, yeah, true. So, like, yeah, you said the old. I think it, like, even uh, Billy Gunn was Godfather one. It? it was only that um, that comedian fella who was being Owen Hart, who was a uh, like a, a white guy for a white guy. But but yeah, like stuff like that. You go like looking back now, you go. Eh, mm, I don't. I, I can't explain that. Mm. But um, I mean, there's even some of that. I suppose like the whole Billy and Chuck thing as well. Like that wouldn't land today in the same way. I don't think because they were basically chastised for. You know, not 
being gay, but really being straight. But, but you know, uh, like there's whole. Well, to be honest, I think it was more for the punchline because the whole thing was like they were overtly sexual and in love with each other. Mm. And then all for months that they were like that, they were like just kind of over the top. And there was like this suggestion that they, you know, they, they, they were they were gay and they were into each other. They would get to a point that they were getting married. And then that was the punchline, wasn't it? It's like, we're not gay. And it's like, right, all that, all yeah. that was to just be like, we're not yeah. gay. Why would you think that? And it was all for that punchline. So it is, yeah. it's quite cringe the way they set it up, really. Yeah. No, definitely. But like, I mean, there's, there's loads of stuff. Like, obviously, uh, Natalia with her farting gimmick that she had, the whole pig. Oh, throwing tantrums. Segment. The tantrums. I'm glad that didn't fucking last long. Yeah, there's, there's, there's literally a million things that, you know, we could have put on this list, but, you know, this That's was our top 10. Carl, this is a book waiting to happen. <laughs> a million and one, a thousand and one um, cringy wrestling moments. I mean, yeah. It, we it can make an encyclopedia of this shit. I mean, we could definitely have a series of that, I think. But yeah, let us know. Have we missed something off that is just glaringly obvious that we have been too silly to put on the list? Or, you know, do you agree? Let us what know. What we want to know is, what is your your most cringeworthy wrestling moment what, what is your worst in your opinion because i can totally agree with carl i think may young takes the cake for us um but what's your worst let us know i'm curious that's it let us know and we will be back with this week in wrestling after this noise you're watching or listening to A to the K. The A to the K. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. 